following podcast was recorded live at a game convention. It's disorganized, it's chaotic, it's drinky. If this is your first episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, you might want to start with a different episode, one that is more characteristic of our normal weekly show. Or maybe not. Enjoy. And the following podcast may be explicit. You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Hi, I'm Weasel Preacher. Dave Seventy-Seven! This is Kurt. I'm Kimmy. I am Kadeev. I'm Proby Tim. And we have a live studio audience. And we're here live at Gateway 2016 in beautiful downtown Los Angeles, California. By the scenic airport. Downtown LAX. Yeah, we're downtown LAX. Closer to downtown than Pasadena. Not really. (laughs) Yes. Closer to LAX than Pasadena. But a longer drive. All right, so we had, um, we've had two days of gaming. We had Friday, we had Saturday. Uh, before we start, do you want to say anything about the, what's going on with the RPG stuff? And that? Jim! Yay, Jim! Hey! My name is Jim Sandoval, and I run the RPG department here at Jim Jim! Working out, man, keeping it, keeping it slick, you know, for the lady folk. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, one in particular. But uh, in any case, everybody having fun? Everybody having a good time at Con this year? Hey, Jim. What's the attendance of this year's Gateway 2016? That's somebody else's job. That is somebody else's job to tell you. Uh, Eric Eldridge comes in here every, every time and tells us that, but I will be able to tell you that attendance is very, very good. As of when I heard uh, Saturday morning, it was extremely good. Um, so it looks like this is going to be another 2,000 attendee-plus uh, weekend. So that's pretty fantastic. Uh, and that seems to be some kind of magic number for a lot of um, publishers and other people in the game industry. And we're getting a lot more attention from those kind of people, which is really, really cool. Um, so uh, not a lot of real changes in the department this time around. Everything was pretty steady except for... Our good buddy uh, Tomes on the board, Tomer. Uh, he's actually in a game right now uh, and is with us, but he is helping me out. We're running uh, Games on Demand, uh, which is sort of a slow burn, but we're hoping that more people catch on with that. Um, the other recent change was the at Strategic on RPG Twitter account, which I'm trying to get the word out about, uh, which is. The- <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but the whole purpose of that uh, account is for people to go, I, I need to fill a game or I want to find a game, I didn't get in a game, uh, to basically hook people up with people that have seats and people that have butts. So uh, I, I hope we all have buttocks, but, but uh, are those buttocks firmly planted inside an RPG room? That's what I want to see. So uh, please, if you if, uh, utilize it, tell your friends about it or people that, or the, the, it's printed on every single sheet. Uh, and it's on our poster, so uh, 
please let everybody know and please utilize that tool. I think it's, once people really catch on, it's going to be very, very useful for everyone. Um, not much else to report other than uh, my little subdivision of party games became its own department now. Um, so I would like to, uh, I would like to really, really thank uh, William Hillstrom, who's our newest supervisor at Switchicon, who's running party games, for all of his help in getting that together, and also Tomes for helping out with games on demand. A party game. Uh, generally what we call party games are games that are larger format, games like Werewolf or Cash and Guns, where there's a dozen to 20 people playing at once, and there's some form of social deduction or social interaction. Doesn't actually count as a LARP, and isn't actually a role-playing game, but falls somewhere in between. And the reason that I made that happen was because a lot of these games ended up sort of like getting orphaned into other departments and spread out, and not getting paid any attention to or treated in the way that I thought that games that had that amount of attendance should. So I pulled it all together into another department, made somebody a senior volunteer, put him in charge of that. That came with no pay. <laughs> uh, but literally, he took something that was 12 events every con, and now we have 54. Um, and games that this convention has never seen before, including drinking games. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they're, they're, I'm sorry, if you I want there to be, a <laughs> uh, uh, beer pong would actually be fun too. But uh, those are the, the basic changes of what's been going on right now. Uh, but other than that, it's sort of uh, business as usual. Um, I have some new signage because apparently I've been put in charge of signage for this con for some reason. I'm sorry. Uh, but what I did was uh, I put actual maps of the floor with room names on those posters. <laughs> um, and I'm actually lobbying for every department to have a sign with a map on it instead of all those little stupid arrows that they made me do all over the place, which, which yeah, it's, it, it's weird, but I'm trying to make it better. The layout of this hotel is so weird that I think it sort of... Wait, yes, it is. Uh, so those arrow signs, you're the one that puts them all up? No, I, I just made them. Okay, so if we go along and have turned them, who do we apologize to? That would be Eric Aldridge's wife, who is uh, <laughs> uh, who puts those up and, and stuff. So uh, yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and let her know. <laughs> it was Stu all the time. Uh, that it was uh, a certain impish bald man that went around and did all that. But uh, it's, so it's, as long as everybody's having a good time and I have smiling faces coming out of there, that it totally makes me happy. We have a huge rifts thing going on. Well, yeah. people still play Palladium, but they actually, I actually had to find next room to run the run it twice because that 17 people that wanted to play in it. I mean, I thought it did, but apparently not. I blame vaccinations. <laughs> Uh, Rift uh, for life. Sure, it's, it's as reasonable a reason as anything else, I suppose. But um, but what they want to do, and, and this is the funniest thing uh, that I've heard at Con for a while, as far as an administrator goes, is that they want to have an RP tournament in Rifts. So they they want to have a tournament where with a Rifts in Rifts where role play, everybody votes on the best role play, and actually and they win a prize. So. I talked him into doing that, and I think that's generally a win. <laughs> but yeah, so weird but true. Um, not much else to report other than the fact that I played, finally played in one of Dave Kazay's games, which was awesome. But we'll talk about that later. Um, further improvements to the website this time. It was so easy 
navigate to, to set up games this time. It was it was great. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. It's little by little, we had a bit of a snafu. We had a bit of a snafu with our DNS for a while, which I think actually affected our pre-reg. At least that's what, what the theory is. But um, so hopefully that thing's ironed out, and there are incremental changes and improvements to the website every time, and the, the pressure is on for that, and that's because of you guys, which is great. One game pre-reges? One day pre the, We like to keep that as an incentive to basically buy a con badge. Uh, so... <laughs> well, Dave, in, 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 in this department, uh, you're free to run that thing at home. Funny and honest. But the one change that I did make to address that was to make sure that I didn't have all the binders out Friday afternoon for everybody to fill every game all the way across. So if you do have a Saturday pass and you show up Saturday morning, there are still going to be open slots for Saturday games. And that's just going to wait away. That's a great thing, by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm really so digging the games go out at certain times mechanic. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, complain. Uh, is this the elsewhere that you were told to complain about Circus Maximus? Too bad, because I'm part of the problem with that. And I love that game, and I love its loudness. Yeah, I love that game. And there are a whole lot of people downstairs that really hate that game because of the noise. But, you know, they rent once for freaking con. It's a tradition. There are 24 to 28 people that play it every single time. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's a fixture. Well, that's pretty much all I have to report. Unless anybody else has any more questions for me at all? All right, great. You're awesome. Thank we you. love you. Thank you. Uh, I, and great one, dice one. this year, by the way. Great dice this year. I, I didn't get mine. The purple is awesome. Uh, one question. How, how, uh, how is the size of the RPG section of the con as far as it's registered games size. compared to, like, uh, Orcon? Um, actually, I had about 116 games at Orcon, and I had 113 games uh, this time. So it's really sort of going that around 115 to 120 games is what I generally tend to expect. I would have had more. I had a last. I had five last-minute cancellations uh, for some games because some of these car broke down and they had some health issues, unfortunately, or else it would have been even higher. Uh, but the, the department's actually fairly, fairly consistent in its size and so consistent in that they're actually expanding the amount of space that I have. Um, so, and, but I'm sharing that space also with party games so it doesn't impact us that much. But the cool thing about it is I have rooms that I have access to that I didn't have access to before. So if people come with me with last minute change, like those Rift guys that want to run another 12-person uh, game on Saturday at 2, I go, sure, I can just open up this room and it's fine. So. What I don't want to do is start creeping out into too much space and then not be able to fill it adequately. Uh, so what I'm what I'm doing is I'm very I'm, speaking I'm, of size. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving I, I'm moving games into newer space as we expand as a department. So there's growing room for the department, which is great. So the more more people and more your friends you tell about this convention, the more people that come, I have room to give them more entertainment. So that's great. There's, there's, there's a theater. Yes, we are in the theater. Right, and and now and you completely understand my whole thing about I'd rather fill a small venue 
than partially fill a large venue. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. All right. We have a good number of people in the audience. Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a good sized audience. Is there anyone here who did not know about the show and saw a flyer and showed up? <laughs> so I, so Zachary and I passed those out for absolutely no reason. Where the hell did you get the name? Wait, we're not playing werewolf. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, 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 Dave. Does, does this cloth smell like chloroform? Wait a minute. Let me breathe it. <laughs> All right. So uh, to the games. Who ran any something on Friday night that they would like to discuss? Is there anyone who ran anything on Friday night or played besides? Some- I ain't talking about that game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh well, I, I had. A- I think we do want you to talk about that game. I was asked by someone to run a Friday night moment of truth game. I can't remember who it was, uh, but he couldn't make it. So, <laughs> so we had. That's seven- because I was playing the wonderful game of sewage. <laughs> I don't want to hear what you do. No, it's wonderful. What? Basically, you wake up at some point in your room and you go, where did the sewage pipe break? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you play the second round of it is, honey, do you smell the sewage pipe? <laughs> and then round three... I played that game. Then you call the hotel staff saying, hey, there's a sewage pipe problem. <laughs> and then round four, they get involved. And you have a, a merry trip around the entire hotel. I've never called hotel, hotel staff for something like that. For your sewage oh, pipe? Yeah. yeah. You know how to clear your sewage pipe on your own, big guy? <laughs> I do. I know to call Dave 77. Yeah, baby. All right. So, uh, yeah, but it was, a, it was a, I put together a quick scenario and made pre-gens, and we went through like an hour and a half or two hours worth, and we're like, let's just go down to the bar and drink, which is what we <laughs> yeah. did. That's the best game ever. Right. It would have probably been a little more serious and well done. Had there not been an extended period of time at the bar prior to? <laughs> right. oh, yeah, just, just hours and hours of drinking leading up to that. That's time. true. Yeah. I got there as soon as I could. I knew it was going to get worse the later I got it. I had a really good time doing different accents every time somebody talked to me. Right. See, if you were playing Instead of my character, I had a thick accent, and I said, you, oh, okay. Which one? <laughs> There's some comfort stories. Get on there, Jimon. Wait, Dave, you have more than one accent? <laughs> and, and, and he doesn't have any good ones. I guarantee. Any, any, any games on, on Friday anyone wants to talk about? Dimitri. Two o'clock, too. Yeah. Not just evening. Two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Friday night in general. Friday, anytime. Moo! Moo? Is Moo here? The West Side Guru of GURPS. Moo! He wrote the book on GURPS. He actually he wrote did. the book on it. What is the name of the book you wrote? Uh, the name of the book is How to Be a GURPS GM. So, if you want to be a GURPS GM, please check it out. Still a better love story than Twilight. Uh, Warehouse 23, Steve Jackson Games uh, online distributor. Can't get a drive through I'm sorry. Barely. Oh, thank you very much. Even if you don't do dirt, by the way. <laughs> Good man, Stork, yes. I listen to this yeah. ad. Absolutely. Repeat what he said because nobody Even if you don't play GURPS, oh, uh, buy the book. Yes. yes. Even if you don't play role playing games. Hell yes. If you, <laughs> yeah. 
If you're a chess player, it'll help your game. It's good stuff. Yeah. If you're a soccer player, it'll totally help your game. Uh, so I ran uh, Friday afternoon. I ran uh, Hell on Wheels, which was uh, a biker, basically Sons of Anarchy in the desert kind of thing. Nice. Uh, there's things. There's a. Uh, I don't want to spoil the end because there's kind of a twist going on. Uh, so none of you players talk about it. Uh, but it was good. Everyone had a good time. It seemed to be uh, uh, lots of fun. So there you go. Excellent. Excellent. Anyone want to say anything? Anyone have any comments about it that are spoiler free? Spoiler free comments about it? Okay. Yeah, because I'm playing in that game tomorrow. So. And who are you and what does it make you famous? Hey, I'm Mitch, and I'm a Pathfinder Society-aholic. It's been like six weeks, months before that, but anyway, you, you guys ruined me in a good way. You're welcome. Yeah, it's my first time, <laughs> it's my first time playing GURPS, and uh, it was good. GURPS is a, you know, good, easy system. Like, yeah! Yeah, Luke made it uh, easy? real clear. Like, prob probably the fastest system I've picked up right away, you know, so, uh, yeah, we were, we were, for life. we were a group of, uh, bikers called the Hellhounds in Arizona, and I was the meth head, knifer guy, and, uh, oh man, we did some bad things. Did you mess some shit up? What'd you say? Did you mess some shit up? Oh yeah. Did what you, was your biker name? I was Bill. <laughs> yeah. Bill? Wow. You Bill. were a biker named Bill? Yeah. Bill the biker. Yeah. So, uh, see, in the beginning no of the game, there's a tough situation. And so the first thing I did was, there's a life and death situation. First thing I did was go to cash register and get the money. So. Excellent. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anything else on Friday? Anyone, any, any Friday stuff you want to talk about? So we'll switch to Saturday. Oh, no? Yeah. Oh, hey, that's more stuff. Friday. Hey, Friday. Dimitri. Dimitri. Hey, new brother. Hey, brother Stu. How are you? Hey, um, I'm Dimitri. Brad Zapp. I make famous famous. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>, man. <laughs> Just own it. That's right. Um, so I read... <laughs> I uh, ran uh, Selling Rapture by the Pound, um, a game, uh, sorry, uh, Zap ran again, yes. Um, so yeah, um, so that's a game that was based on the Bioshock universe, the video game. Um, so it was something that I, I kind of had a little bit of ownership on since I've been working on that, the remaster for like the last eight months and it's been kicking my balls. So I really wanted to turn out something that I had a lot of uh, knowledge in. And uh, I used a BRP, uh, Chaosium. Yeah! Yeah! Because Chaosium BRP is so weird and freaking creepy. Uh, uh, I just love it. Yeah. I love it. It's, but it's percents, yeah. It, and it, it, but, it's, uh, but, it, but it's also squishy. It's not, it's not like a, a really crunchy system. It's, it's pretty squishy. So um, I had uh, three people show up to a four-slot game, so I was pretty happy about that, too. Yes, thank you very much. Simon, coming down from Seattle. To, uh, yeah. to Wait, yeah, wait a minute, you're from Seattle? Dude, I promised to give you a ride home. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's missing packs for this. There's no Seattle, Orange County. No. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, anyhow, um, the game went really well. Um, there were a lot of really um, talented players. Uh, it was a really heavily in, uh, on the investigation side. Uh, people making a lot of rolls and botching them, but still kind of stumbling through a mystery and, uh, and, and discovering stuff. Historic, so, Dan. All, all in all, excellent game and excellent players. Excellent. Anyone else on Friday? Yeah. I played in Dave Kazay's Bedlam Hall game. And had a fantastic time. I, uh, if, if anybody doesn't know the game, it's, it's uh, sort of like a Downton Abbey sort of, uh, but weird. Downton Abbey meets the Adams Family? Exactly. And that, uh, to me, it reminded me of another period, a lot of ways, if anybody watches that Comedy Central show. Um, but uh, I played... Um, what was your name? Um, what was your name? Hortense. Dave. Hortense. I played Hortense, the, the maid uh, who was... I kept getting Hildy in my head for some reason. I don't know why. But yeah, I played Hortense the Maid, uh, a member of the staff that was constantly horrified at the goings-on uh, in, in, uh, in, in the mansion. And uh, it just really, really interesting game in that it, the, 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 the setting and the point of it is so radically different than a lot of other games because you're trying to gain prestige within the, the rest of the staff. That's the whole point. Um, and you're either working with or backstabbing or trying to find dirt on everybody in the entire, in the entire house, including the, the owners. And uh, one of the funniest things was when Dave had convinced the, the sociopathic children that when somebody died, they'd get candy. Uh, so they, they decided to go, so they decided to go on a murder spree. <laughs> Those poor children, that cousin just died, they got some cookies. <laughs> yes. And by the way, what was your character's name, Dave? <laughs> That's uh, what I work with right there. With a, a but when, when the lord of the house was given this information that the children were trying to murder people in the house, uh, he simply replied, well, it seems to be time for boarding school. And that was pretty much the end of that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just an amazingly fun game. Dave is just such a great GM. So, so uh, you get so immersed in the game the way that he runs it and uh, uh, this is only the, like my fourth, fourth time playing a Apocalypse uh, uh, Powered by the Apocalypse game and it was uh, really excellent and super fun just because those games have give you such a great stylistic feel of the setting and your characters by mechanic autom- automatically fit in that world and that's just really super fun when you just pick up any character just sit down read a few things make a few decisions and you're in that world instantly and that's always so super fun uh, but yeah, that was my experience. I had, I had a blast playing a maid. It was it was awesome. She was just <laughs> peeing herself the entire time, going, "Why is everybody so crazy?" And she was an ex prostitute that was trying to hide her identity because everybody has some kind of dark secret. Yeah, whore, 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 tense with a W. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was my experience. Thanks. Anyone else? Friday night? Friday night? Friday! Friday done? Friday done? Friday done. Saturday morning. Anyone run anything or plan anything you want to talk about? Shut up, Saturday man. morning. Shut up, Kurt. No. <laughs> what? Saturday morning? Yeah. All right. Come on up. Who are you? What do you think she's famous? Chris Berry. I was also in that game with Dave 77. Excellent. Is that, that what made you famous? 
It was way different than the game I ran. It kind of did make him famous for me because it was awesome. His it was, character it was, was great. Awesome. It was yeah, great. his character actually played the cook who had had a brain injury. Yeah. And <laughs> so basically, the, the, the thing is, is that the cook obviously spends a lot of time in the kitchen. So he decided, I'm going to make everything the worst possible meal I could. So we it's need cake. pie. Oh, it's good though. But he made a cake with roast. I mean, it, was a, it was a cake, Dan. Yeah, and so people would come up and say, "Are you all right?" I'm fine. And then I, I don't remember who commented. I think it was Gina who mentioned the fact that I can't light the stove. I'm no wizard. That was and, right. You know, when you get yeah, good material. I it was great. And. and you know, frankly, when I ran the game this morning, I was like, why am I bothering? Because <laughs> yesterday was so much better. I should be just playing these games. Oh, and I'm going to... It was... Anytime you... Oh, I got a hug. I got a And the hug. So, that wasn't a head. It was a, that wasn't a hug. It was a headlock. Dungeons and... Dragons. Yeah! Fifth! And uh, it was... I, I, wrote, I wrote a show about this. I was testing some mass combat mechanics. Yeah. Oh, mass combat. Yeah, so I had to reinvent them, and I tried them today, and they were great. Yeah. I, had a whole, I had a whole siege. Yeah. I would love to see those. That was my day. I made a thing. Anyone else? Well, well, I, actually, I did a 9 a.m. this morning. And this yes, you did. I saw a little bit. I, I actually, Choo-choo! I got to actually play in a Spirit of '77 game. I had never actually done that before. <laughs> kaboom! It, the Kaboom Show, run by Mr. Mike Leader, who's right there in the back. Because not only do I never really get to play because of my system, because it's what I wrote, but it's also I always GM, so I never really get a chance to just enjoy a game. And so, of course, I got to play a rodeo clown, a famous rodeo clown, because that's important. How is that different? Oh, there we go. And yeah, the, basically, my rodeo clown was famous, and he had a, a giant uh, bull named Ferdinand, yeah! him, and that was great. Nice. And at one point, oh, that was so sweet. Somebody went, oh, did you do that, Chris? Oh, that's so sweet. And so, at one point, we decided we spirited away. <laughs> Uh, the person that we were trying to protect and we decided we were going to take him to the post office and so at, for whatever reason we decided we were really going to like make our way to the post office in the hotel and so we kind of went by other people's games we got up and ran by and, you know nothing was better than seeing you know your face when you saw a whole bunch of people question yeah what was with the bananas those those were guns ah okay alright yeah <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And so we also ran by Dave and Storp's game yeah, this morning. We had a visit. In your game, it probably wasn't weird. <laughs> no, actually, like that's the thing. Anybody who wants to lodge a complaint against Dave and his roving band of vandals uh, can come see me no, after the podcast. I, I told him. If he's gonna do that next time, he just has to tell me a message, text me, and I will be ready, and it'll just become part of our game, whatever it is. <laughs> That's more games. Lazy sound. It goes by, and people. Are
people are shooting guns. That's fine. That would have been okay in our game. I can just see that. Hey, Dave, we're going to walk into your room with watermelons on our feet. And I'd be like, there's a bunch of dudes with watermelons on their feet over there. You should shoot them. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, Kitty. Teach us about rodeo clowns. I'd like to hear where you're going to go with that. I'll bet you she could. A rodeo clown can like watermelon? <laughs> you can. <laughs> Never mind. It's fine. I used to train horses. It's a thing. Uh, I won't let my knowledge get in the way of the fun. Yeah, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> it's like storks. How does the training the horses involve rodeo clowns? What kind of... If you don't know the answer to that, she's not going to tell you. Yes. <laughs> so what are the eternal... What are the eternal mysteries of Kimmy? You'll figure it out someday. Ah, not right. It involves watermelons. It does not. Specifically not. What was, what was that watermelon doing there? There is no watermelon, that's my point. <laughs> they exactly. did have bananas today when they ran through. Yeah. Yeah. They were armed. Alright, continue with the other thing. I'm sorry I said anything. Oh. Alright. Uh, any yeah, other Saturday at 9 a.m. game? Bruce. Oh. Saturday. No, after you, no, after you. No, after you. No, after you. After you. No, no. Bruce. Uh, this is Bruce and. What makes me famous, Tim? <laughs> what makes me famous? What makes me famous, Tim? Yeah. Um, I, I make Bruce famous. I, I make Bruce famous. No, uh, Bruce is the person who uh, perpetrated the infamous shit zombie episode. So, we have a... We, yeah, there, there, there was once a game group that got entitled the Shit Zombies Game. And apparently that's that's how I got famous. So anyway, you shit in one zombie's mouth. No, wait, actually, he wasn't a zombie yet. <laughs> so you shit on a person. You shit on a that person. That makes it better. Bitching about it. He fucking betrayed us. All right. So anyway, that's not that's not the story we're telling tonight. No, wait, wait. <laughs> it's been told. Listen to the podcast. Go back a ways. I'm sure Tim's. Elaborated. Anyway, yeah, yeah, he's nodding yes, so yes, um, that story's been told. Anyway, uh, we played in the Fords game with Dave and Stork. That was this morning, was it not? It was delicious. Was it Scandinavian? Uh, Stu has an introduction. A, a, oh, a quick rundown Dave, of the game. Tell us about your game. Today. All right. The concept is that it's uh, the Tales from the Floating Vagabond version. 1.0 First um, that uh, is the game that you should all support and get on Drive Through RPG or anywhere you can find it. Don't I'm get waiting the second for second because you'll never get it. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, the first edition is still fun um, and wacky. That's the idea. Is that it's it's Douglas Adams esque um, sort of a thing. <coughs> get creeped out by people. There's people near me. I don't like it. No. But um, the, the concept for our game is that every single player at the game is playing Harrison Ford uh, in his various film role incarnations. So the players that we had... People have to talk into that. Hey! 
Treat that mic with respect. Ooh, this is too late. Let's just get pot. Believe me. What? Are these the same ones we use for recording? Yes. Oh, okay. No. Then, <laughs> then, then you're fine. Then you're all fine. I always agree. Hold it like it's a dick. But uh, the uh, <coughs> the uh, seven characters that we had available for our game, and we actually ran all seven this morning, um, were. Uh, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, Jack Ryan, uh, Dr. Richard Kimball, The Fugitive, uh, uh, Ali Fox from Mosquito Coast, a very obscure... Nobody knows this. Uh, yeah. Watch the movie. It's totally worth watching. Uh, President James Marshall from Air Force One, a.k.a. Get off my plane. <laughs> um, who did I miss? Snap. Close enough. Seven. Oh, Indy. Decker. And, and Rick Decker from Blade Runner. So, so, Dave, you know, I actually had the character sheet of, of, from regarding Henry, but I didn't know where to go. I was just kind of wandering the halls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. When so, we were, were you drinking we at that moment, man? <laughs> when we were prepping this game, I literally sourced every Harrison Ford film. And I watched them all, and I was like, which could we possibly use? And one of our players this morning discovered the, the flaw in my making of Hollywood movie call sheets is that when you copy a Hollywood call sheet, and they happen to have been filming in Nova Scotia, and you don't change the phone number of the emergency hospital contact, they think that that has something to do with the game. <laughs> <laughs> Because they use wait, Google. Wait, wait. It's all in the details, Dave. So you're saying your players actually call no, Nova Scotia? No, it's Google. There's an internet. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have an emergency, so we didn't call the number. Uh, but the, uh, the overall concept of the game is that these Harrison Fords all find themselves in the floating vagabond, which is the bar at the end of the universe, adjacent to the restaurant. Um, and it... Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Karaoke on Thursday. Uh, but they all arrive at the same time, but we all know that the same matter cannot occupy the same space in physics. So uh, too many Harrison Fords in one place causes a problem, and people start disappearing. The bartender in a, a huff tries to solve the problem, but also disappears just in time for the Fords to try and figure it out themselves. And they are then dumped through a series of... Uh, movie scenes from famous movies that you may know that uh, some directors decided would probably make more money if they CGI'd in Harrison Ford instead of the stars that you know uh, post-production. Right, and if Harrison Ford makes millions when he makes a movie, if you put all seven of them in there, you'll get seven times millions. Yeah, so um, they went through... Today they went through the corn scene from Planet of the Apes uh, where the dirty humans are running away and the apes are catching them. Then they ended up in the Roadrunner. Basically a a sort of side scene from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, What's that? Gladiator. Uh, Yeah, he is. Yeah, they were in the Gladiator arena fight scene. Uh, Then they ended up in Evil Dead in the cabin in the woods. 
uh, with uh, with the best like insult collection that Stork put together for a witch under the floor to keep yelling at them uh, throughout. All like very what? clean, but still quite insulting. Yeah, like what? Yeah, it was good. Like it's what? Um, and yeah, they solve the problems and discover that they have to fight all of these famous directors that are trying to make more money instead of making creative new films. <laughs> and uh, then so true to life. Yeah. Okay. That's that. But yeah, that's the synopsis of the game. They did. Indiana Jones kicked the shit out of his head. Dork would like to speak. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He was doing a lot of dancing with it. So, Dave, I don't know about you, but I thought the, the game failed today. I felt that we weren't as wacky as it could be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I felt like... Uh, my excuse or my thought process is that at 9 in the morning... People might be hungover. Uh, people really aren't in the mood to be as wacky as they probably can. I think towards the end of the game, things got more upbeat, but I kept trying to stress do, your, do these stunts, do these things. I just don't, I, I kind of missed the joy from the last time that we ran this. Um, I don't think it's the player's fault, it might be ours. Maybe uh, you're saying this is a morning game and you were sober. That's your fault for slacking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blaming anybody. But I know that there was homework. I know that I I left, and I was like, that. That was. That was not our finest hour. Okay, so let me address that. A. Don't be too hard on yourself. But B. That's our job. Absolutely right. In that, a nine a.m. Well, Tim. Tim does that. Um, (laughs) A nine a.m. game is going to be a sober game, and that was a very good game. That I think should have been played at, say, night. And <laughs> like, like a Friday night game. That was a perfect Friday night game where it's like, Woo! Let's just be murder hobos! Because I've never seen a more murder, murder hobo game in my life. And I've run the, the D&D... <laughs> I've run the D&D Total Party Kill game where that is the entire point. It was so murder hobo-y, yet quite fun. So... Don't be too hard on yourself. It was still quite a fun game. But, but, but... but no, no. But, I, but, but it shouldn't be murder over. We, we gave you guns, but, but there's only shit. We have a lot of the players from that game in the room. Did you have fun? Yes! Okay. And then it's not... <laughs> to quote Chris, but... But... but I think that's where we end the podcast, I right? I brought my own whip. <laughs> At the same time, when we have the mad scientist inventor that is basically... We made the character to be able to almost invent anything that he can come up with. And he just comes up with a giant laser cannon. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, two giant Panavision cameras that had been modded into laser-emitting death beams. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, it was dramatically appropriate amount of cameras, but (laughs) at the same time, at the same time, we're like, you could be inventing an airship out of corn. Like, just anything. If you pop it, it just rises, right? (laughs) Yes. So, what I want to say is that you had, what, eight, nine, nine people in in that circle... No, seven, well, seven players, players in GM. I think yeah. eight of them had a riotous good time, and Stork's a little disappointed in what it might have been if we were more drunk. But I think people had a great time, so don't be too hard on yourself. I, I appreciate that. You're all our friends, and I know you're lying. But, uh, 
<laughs> Stu, when you when you when you when you did, did the, the test game, right? Uh, what was your final solution when Tim Burton? Hey, was, hey was careful there? with that. That I'll tell you what my final you can't solution. Talk about was. the final solution in Hollywood. That's uh, you you can't if you're working for Showa. My final solution was to. It had to do with a, a, a claymation thing. I don't remember. It's been so yes. long. It was your stick that whatever you, uh, when you were in a life or death situation, you could you could create whatever happened. So there was a ashtray making machine. That's right. Yes. Right. I don't remember though. I said, this is like five years ago. And my point being that you embraced the wacky, and yet it was probably at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. So I think the takeaway from this is, don't do a wacky game at nine a.m. with hangovers. That could be. The, the, anyone else want to say anything about it? Anyone else want to say anything? Yeah, come on up. <laughs> I was in Stu's. Uh, I, th- I thought you were done, but it's uh, I ran a moment of truth. Uh, this is in the vast dominion setting, which is the Monkeys. Monkeys! Uh, they were probably much more successful than our Friday night game. Yes. Uh, in this in this game, they had uh, it was the same party. It was the three Americans and three British. This is sort of a rivalry going on, and uh, they found a derelict ship that was filled with uh, these little uh, monkey-like creatures that were carnivorous and starving, and and blue. No, they were they, they were like jet black, like obsidian. Why they got to be black? But, right. Right. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, it was uh, the rules are very close to being finished for the game. I think. I think it's pretty much settled now, the way I expected it to go. So anyway, what did you think? Uh, that was a great game. I think we were kind of mellow because it was like a morning game too, right? So you know, uh, I couldn't pull out my crappy English accent, and uh, but I was the uh, I was the British uh, captain. And Dimitri, Dimitri over here was the um, American captain, Zap. And we had like the same stats, except I did swordplay and he did shooting, because he's American. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> he said swordplay of a different kind. Okay, uh, yeah, so that was great. Uh, we spent a lot of time investigating, it felt like. Um, and then we ended up making a lot of money, and we went back to New London, and because that's where the biggest stock exchange is, right? And uh, and then we purchased uh, because the American advised purchased a lot of junk bonds in a bit in a banana plantation. So that's what the characters will have next time. And then uh, you want to talk about your pet? So in moment of truth, you can spend three moments of truth to to create an NPC. And I wanted to create a guy who is like Polish and had a painting ship. But there was never that chance during the game. <laughs> no problem, Adam. You don't want to make. So here's Willie. I love that guy. All right. Uh, this is Will, uh, Merc Dog on the for- forums. Um, I was playing uh, Bruno. Bruno was... What, how do we describe it? Was the engineer. And we were set upon by these little... Uh, monkeys covered with coal dust, and I'm looking at the pad, the pad that says you can spend three Moment of Truth tokens to create an NPC. Then I look at the monkeys, and I look, I'm a very strong person here. So I decided I'm going to subdue a monkey, 
and used my tokens to turn him into an NPC pet. And named him George. <laughs> and I love him and squeeze him and call him George. He's just like the monkeys in the circus when I was growing up. Of course I'm going to be calling him George. Oh, of course. So <laughs> you're not in this for the role playing, are you? <laughs> A different type of role playing than you are used to, maybe. <laughs> anyone else want to come up and discuss about the? Did anyone else make a monkey this weekend? Well, I, I would have to say that Zap does scream like little girl. <laughs> Next. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Uh, nope, we're not going to pick up on the little girl in here. <laughs> no, sir. Mouser. I ran uh, another edition of my Pacific Rim fake game, which, which is... Awesome shirt. First off, this was the one Bruce put in his butt. <laughs> it, was, it was like close to my mouth. God, that's just wrong. Not close enough. Yes, it is! I'm never that drunk around you for exactly that reason. <laughs> so it's not after the last time. It's not gonna happen twice. <laughs> <laughs> once. No, uh, I think this is my third time. And what the way I built well, and I have one more tomorrow. But the way I built it is with a, a mod actually no, this will be four. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's modular, and I spent you know I spent a shitload of time coming up with the special the special rule set to to kind of reflect the cinematics of the of the movie, and so you know why not use it more than once? <laughs> and I've got you know I've got some figure flats that I'm proud of that I've, you know are all are all high high detailed. I print out I made little uh, Pacific Rim mini uh, Jaeger posters from that from the website and I, so I built a bunch of those and then you know specced them out so it's it's actually kind of a, a holy trinity group of, of mechs Kurt didn't you play in that game? I did why don't you tell us about it for the uh, second time yes actually so uh, this is the second time I've played in uh, Mauser's fate based Pacific Rim game what I did not realize was when he named the game hey let's try not having a TPK this time That, that it was, in fact, the exact same scenario that I had played in last time. The opening scenario. The opening scenario was exactly the same. Now, he, he does preface by saying the opening scenario was the same. That's because the last time we did this, we didn't make it out of the opening scenario. He had planned for this to be like the first hour, hour and a half. It took four effing hours to get through the, 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 the opening scenario. And this time we got through it in two and a half. So we actually had... <laughs> How about not having a TPK again? Yeah, so, so this time, uh, last time I was paired with, and I can't remember his name for the life of me, but the, 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 the guy who flew all the way from Britain to, yes. to play in the, the con. Yes. Um, yes, yes. So this time, this time I got paired with Frey, who I haven't seen in like three years. 
but is a fellow dragon brother. And so, so we were playing, we were playing the fraternal twins. We were playing the fraternal twins, and, and I'm like, wait, Trey, you are a dragon brother, right? Yes. You want to drift with me? <laughs> is that a you? Because we can. We, we, <laughs> So, no, it, it, uh, it was great. We actually got to get past the, the opening scenario, which, if you have different players, the game runs entirely differently. And that, that is, this is the absolute proof of that, because it was a different game, not just because you've made modifications to it based on, you know, learning, but just different players make a different game. And it was, it was still a hell of a lot of fun, and we managed to get past the opening scenario, and we managed to get to the final bad guy, the final kaiju, and, and did exactly what fate is supposed to do, which is we built up all the aspects, built up, built up, built up, built up, until uh, Jim and his partner's assassin mech could drop 30 drift. 30 shifts. 30 shifts, sorry, 30 shifts. Um, yeah, that, apparently that's a lot. Yeah, like the base is like four. A base is like four, so we dropped 30 on this thing, and uh, the, the final aspect, the final aspect of this thing was uh, bifurcated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we dropped, well, and that part of the, part of the thing, there is, a, there is a little method to my madness with, with all of this, because, you know, fate's, fate's a little hard to grok for a lot of people, so I, I've determined that uh, in a tactical situation, you still get most of the mechanics of fate without having to worry about a lot of weird uh, mechanics inside the role playing, so doing the fights and plus there was there are some mechanics with respect to when they start taking damage, the drift fades and they do the chasing the rabbit role playing, which if that happens in and it's the whole reason why I decided to make it's a it's a simulation to begin with and then real life because then you can throw all sorts of shit with them and not kill the party and then continue on with the game. And they still get to experience a whole bunch of, of more of the, the complexities of the system itself. So that's, that's why I continue to use that. Uh, and this time around, I, I realized that part of my problem was my compunction to actually play fairly. Um, so this time, I really ran it like, uh, I totally go over that. Oh, it's my turn. There are five new kaiju on the board. Deal with that. And, and then the mechs were taking, and I also, I used a mega die, which is one of Mike Olson's... Uh, That's one million dice, right? Yeah, where you roll a d6 instead of a plus or minus, so you suddenly get all of those extras. But the, the coolest thing is, is, I mean, the idea uh, with fate in a nutshell, especially in combat, is the idea of you set it up and then knock them down. So a lot of the, a lot of the special abilities of all the mechs and the pilots is not necessarily to do direct damage, but to stack aspects onto your target. And then you get... Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you, you think this is fun. So I, I, have, I have terrible handwriting. I, I'm a lefty, and I learned how to type really young. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I learned, to, I learned to type really young. I had a computer when I was, like, seven. So I just didn't bother to, to develop my handwriting. So what I have is sitting next to, I know, sitting next to, I've, I've, got, I've got my little Surface Pro, and I've got a little brother label maker that's, that's wirelessly tethered to my phone, which, which then my uh, laptop's connected to. So 
when somebody says, okay, this is going to be, you know, this is the aspect I want, or I decide to drop an aspect on something, I type it out, the label, print it, and it's there. And I can actually do all that faster than I could handwrite it. It so. was amazingly seamless. It really was. Okay, so I found that out. I'm afraid, by the way. Hey. Um, so I was like totally third fake game ever, and Pat explained it greatly. But we're in the middle of playing, and it's like, oh, he whips up this little piece of paper, and it's all nice and cool. It's got a circle, and that's really cool. And I'm like, there's another one, and there's like four more. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, dude, you got all those pre printed? And, <laughs> and he looked at me and went, no. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then he just turned around and he lifted up this little, you know, over the GM screen, and here's his little printer. All right. So that was like totally right. awesome. Next time if they ask you if it's pre-printed, you say yes. 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 <laughs> well, I yeah. Every single one. Yeah, well, if you get... I printed the dictionary first. <laughs> yeah, and so it was totally awesome. Just, that killed me. And then... Pat's little dudes, his little uh, foldy guys that he made, and then he made our little profiles and our pictures, and they were all really awesome, and it was great. I always love seeing custom sheets with cool artwork and all that kind of fun stuff, but um, he totally explained, oh no, <laughs> whatever, he totally explained all the, the fate stuff to me a lot better than I had in the past, so I understood it better, so I was happy with it, so I was just telling you that. Thank you. Thank you. Eric! Oh, you more? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Oh... <laughs> he hasn't been here in, like, three years. He's got lost time to make up for him. He's back. Oh, there's just here. Like the sewer pipe. Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. You've been bumped. Let's stay here. Mr. Aldrich, how goes the con? So far, so good. I want to say thank you all for attending. Yay! Uh, Gateway 2016. Uh, and I get the pleasure again of saying this is probably our largest gateway ever. It will be close. Yay! We're at roughly 1900. It is Saturday night, however, so we have two days left to go. So we should easily beat 2000. It's whether or not we beat 20, you know, 2100 at this point. So, what? Yeah, but that's not always accurate. Just trust me. The largest show we've ever had was last Orcon uh, this year. Largest gateway was last year. It was 2090. Orcon came at around 21, I want to say 2110-ish. Uh, we think we it'll be really close if we hit Orcon numbers. We sh we'll see. I, it's too early to tell. It, it's too early to tell. We're right on pace. Yeah, it's not blowing away. But uh, again, thank you. Um, great to have you here. And enjoy the rest of the show. I got to get going. Chicken head off. Excellent. Thank you. Yay! Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Frey listens in. Crickets. Okay, so um, I got to team up with Kurt, so that was awesome. And the funny thing was, okay, so Kobachi Maru, yeah, we all know it. When the ship was like named Maru, something or another, Maru, Makaru. Maru Kobayashi was what there the you ship go. was It's real, so, real, real clever. Yeah, but, but see, the thing is, I was like, oh, that's just cool. He's going to, you know, that's the ship name. Okay, the captain's a fan or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're playing and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, great. And I'm like, oh, man, we are getting our asses kicked. And we, like, 
did things right, and we're getting our asses kicked. And it's like, okay, and I'm like, all right, I have to go hit the head. I'll be right back. I run, I leave, I come back, and Pat's like, dude, there's a new character sheet. And I'm like, what? And Kurt's like, oh yeah, we all died, the ship had a nuke on it, and we set it, it off by accident, and we're all dead, and we took like 80 shifts of damage. And I'm like, oh. And then like Kurt, right next to me, had his new sheet. So I'm like, oh cool. All right, I looked, I'm like, all right, look at the machine. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And Pat was like, what? <laughs> and Kurt's like, hey. And I'm like, what? And Pat's like, dude, uh, give him his real sheet back. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And they're like, it was a simulation. You didn't really die. And I'm like, oh, you suck. So that was awesome. You know, it, it, it's, it's like I was there. The way you described it, it's like I was there. Yeah, so... It was cool. We killed the bad guy. We split him in half. We set it all up, and I, I take fate a little more now, so that's cool. Thank you, Frank. Any other, any other Saturday morning games anyone wants to discuss, critique, talk about anything? Yes, no, maybe Saturday 2 p.m. Who ran something? Kurt. Okay, so back in May, I made the comment that I was a little burned out on Vampire, and everybody laughed, and I said, yeah, I know, that's a lie. So, of course, um, uh, this con, I ran a Dark Ages Vampire game. Um, because, um, well, I was, I was conversing with the owner and operator and chief plot member of the Pillars of Salt, LARP. Who uh, was I, I was saying? Well, you know, there's this one character that I should probably just play because it's a total fucking nightmare player or player character. And, but there's no way I can do it because nobody nobody I know runs elder games where you can actually play as an elder vampire. Wait, shit! I gotta run an elder game now. So, and then of course Patrick, I, I, I come into the to, to the con and I see who signed up. Oh, look, Patrick's signed up for this one. Oh shit! <laughs> so um, yeah, I will let the players who are actually here for once. My players are actually here. Um, talk about my game. Yay! Who are you? And what do you do that makes you famous? Also, I'm out of wine. I'm Thomas. And I run Pillars of Salt. Oh, excellent! What is Pillars of Salt, by the way? Uh, Pillars of Salt is a white wolf. Uh, Pillars of Salt is a white wolf harp that we do uh, bi-monthly, and there's quite a lot of people here that are actually in it. Actually. Uh, so. Where do you run it? Uh, we run it all around Los Angeles to make sure that you're, no one's ever driving too far, because next month it'll be somewhere else. Oh, nice. Wes. Well, if you anger everyone We have lead, two players that drive from Seattle. We have a player that flies from Northern California. So they're always driving too far. <laughs> um, how much plot do you want told about your thing? As much as you want. Okay, so... It's a one-shot. I okay. just had to take a mortgage on my house for this beer, so be quiet. <laughs> so, one of the really great things about the characters that we were given is there was a ludicrous amount of detail in every one. There's plenty of times you go to a game where the game has had tons of detail in the mechanic, tons of detail in all these concepts, and you look at your character, and your character's like, well, I have to put all of me into this, I don't know where I'm kind of working with. These characters had tons of meat on them. You could just sit and just read these characters and get all this information. And every character had great secrets and great like goals that they were going through. 
haphazardly, I did not realize that the character that me and Kurt had talked about that he felt the need to run the game was the character I picked. <laughs> so we got to have this great moment where we are in uh, this random kind of Eastern European place that's particularly real because he has pictures and all those other stuff. The, the, the city of Estragon in Hungary. Yes. Um, our players arrive, and there's cranky princes who tell us, don't do all these things that we're going to, for the most part, ignore. And uh, um, go deal with this problem we know very little bit about. That's what we do. Um, we all kind of had a little player sp- spread apart moment. We all got to have our little moment of glory where we all had how we were going to feed and do everything. Um, and then... There was this really great feel as we started to kind of getting into the meat of the adventure where we were seeing that these faith issues and all these other concepts were coming. And I kind of had to ask Kurt, like out of character, like, well, I know all this great stuff, but how much does my character know about all this stuff? I, I had totally, completely forgotten that uh, in, in a fairly religious society like the 14th century in Europe, um, the fact that Patra, Patrick has gone through yeshiva and might know like the entire Old Testament backwards and forwards might be an issue. I'd forgotten about that entirely. Yeah, it's like he shows me this thing in Latin. I'm like, well, I think I don't know if these words. Is this translated? Oh, it's right on the side of the paper. Hug hands. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, uh, is this word that? And you're like, yeah, that's kind of the rest of the plot. So here's like the rest of the papers. <laughs> And so it turned out that we were facing Nephilim off in the woods. And so as we're like going along in the cart, like I start picking up stones and putting it in the back. And I go, so why was he doing that? Well, the only way we know how to beat Nephilim, right? King David just throws these stones. <laughs> that's the way we're how do you beat the giant? You throw a stone and hit him right between the eyes. Obviously, that's the only way you kill a giant, right? Yes. And it was... It was a lot of like fun where we were able to have a little bit of combat, and then we had this incredibly beautiful dark moment where there was a situation where one of the characters was being particularly dark and evil and cruel, and he was going to rip up all this stuff, and I was trying to mitigate this concept and enslave these ancient creatures, because that's so much less cruel. <laughs> uh, it is called the world of darkness. I mean... yes. And we had this great moment where he was about to uh, uh, attack other player characters and we were going to have the next 45 minutes of assaulting each other. But uh, instead of that, I was like, hey, you know what? We can enslave these people forever, manipulate them for these centuries. Isn't that so much better than just killing them easily now? Hooray for the church! (laughs) And... I, I, I should point out that none of the characters... None of the player characters were actually members of any church at all, nor were they particularly religious. Okay, one of them was, but she was the one not advocating all this horrible, horrible shit. So, yes. and so they were Lutheran. <laughs> Lutherans don't exist yet. No. We, we had this great bonding moment of our little quirkery on how really terrible people we were, and it kept us from having an internal conflict, and that was great. And uh, Kirk ran a wonderful game. If any of the other players would like to come up and talk, who are you? What do you do that makes you famous? Hi, uh, everybody calls me Steinbach. I uh, play in the nearly everyone. I play. I play in a game called. Because Michael is too common a name. Yes, my my first name is Michael. What are we supposed to call you? Steinbach. Steinbach Steinbach is very sexy. 
it's my last last. You have, you have the author Steinbeck, the composer Bach. You put them together, you come up with me, Steinbeck. It's sexier when you explain it. So tell us. More. <laughs> Thank you, Kimmy. I appreciate it. <laughs> So I was playing in Kurt's game. Yay! Uh, I also play in the Pillars Result game. Uh, I've been there since uh, pretty much day one. I was at uh, all of the Game Zeros. I have been at every single one of the main Camarilla games that they've run. Uh, so I, I've got a lot of history with those guys. This so was, no pressure for me. This was the first time I'd ever played Dark Ages, though. And I had a lot of fun with Kurt running this. Uh, I actually got to play a female character. And I said, oh, can we just maybe change the name and make it a guy? It's like, no, no, it doesn't run for a guy. It doesn't work for a guy. Uh, Cappadocian? Oh, nice. Uh, Lamia, actually. I like it. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was the kind of main fighter of the, guy, of the group. I enjoyed, well, I was the main sword fighter of the group. And had a lot of fun, actually. Once we figured out the whole stat raising piece and I started getting into the mechanics a little bit more, I found out another way you kill Nephilim. Not just throw stones at them, but you stab your sword all the way through their body and half of your arm as well. Uh, that was a fun moment. There was 21 successes to hit the person, and they soaked one point of damage. So, Something like that, yeah. yeah. You know how I kill a Nephilim? I brush the, the, the flower off his, his dust coat. <laughs> That's a gothic joke. <laughs> the five of you who are in gothic music are just laughing away. And the rest of you are going, what the fuck is he talking about? Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, had, had, had a lot of fun. The, the, the plot was interesting. Had a, a fun moment of describing how I was finding, finding someone to feed the night before, which was a, a fun bit of uh, roles. Uh, had, was watching, I, I don't know a lot of the history nearly as much as uh, Patrick, uh, the gentleman just a moment ago, knows. But I still had a lot of fun, still got into the game, still got into the character was able to read the, the page and a half, or almost page and a half of background and history and all of the things they could do, it, it, it gave me an idea of what drove the person from day one, which for a pre-gen at a con is amazing. I've played a lot of D&D as a pre-gen at a con. I've played a lot of other, you know, fate systems at a con, and you get two sentences. Hey, cheers for being the player that shows up to a game that's ready to read a page and a half. Yeah, I, I I I did take I did take a, a major gamble that I this, I put the game out for experienced players, and because I knew that there was just going to be a, a a major download of information to absorb these characters that are all like four hundred years old and have a whole lot of power, and just okay, you know, I'm going to condense it as much as I can in every single. Oh, if I had just copy-pasted from the book, it would have been closer to 10 or 12 pages. But I condensed as much as I could, so there was a four-page character sheet and a two-page explanation of powers. Now, the, the four-page character sheet is the, the exact copy, like, from the book, four-page character, the expanded character sheet. So, it, it but I, I use these folders because Happy Jack's mantra number 427.5, better gaming through office supplies. Um, uh, I, I use I use Manila folders that have the little tab uh, tabs at the top, and so the character sheet was top flip on one side, the power descriptions top flip on the other side. Open it up, and it's it, it's 
as organized as I know how to make it. And I've gotten fairly good, fairly good at that now. It, 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 was, it was nicely organized, understood what was going on. The, the powers, which are a little different than the, the LARP system, which what I'm familiar with, the powers were written out in, in a nice, convenient way. It still gave me enough time to go, huh, I wonder if I could do this, too. Yes. Uh, so it's, it, it was the... You gave me enough description of the power and the test for the power without railroading me into you can only use the power in this particular circumstance, which I like. Thank you. All right. Uh, next player. This is Stu's new sexy voice. <laughs> Very nice. Stu, I can tell you that I'm practicing. Who are you and what makes you famous? Uh, I'm uh, Simon. I'm Simon Says on the forum, and I'm famous to saying fuck you to a free ticket to PAX and paying money to come down here instead. Yay! Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, I used to play World of Darkness way back in... Sorry? I used to play World of Darkness way back in uh, um, my high school years, like 20, 25 years ago. And uh, did I you wear a guy liner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not in high school, but when I went to college, I went to a couple golf clubs with a friend of mine. He says, "It's a magic. You should try out this game. I think you'd really like." <laughs> First pair of plastic fangs are free. <laughs> So uh, uh, I knew I was experienced-ish, but super rusty. So I showed up early today uh, after spending about three or four hours reading the rule book over. And uh, I saw on the sheet uh, one of the five characters I could choose from was Lissombra, which was a character, which was a clan uh, that had tormented me very much in the past in my LARPing days. I was the like, dark, oh, huh? I have a chance to play this kind of badass character. That's cool. Uh, and uh, um, Kurt. Kurt, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've had a couple Rise of with spurt. Uh, Kurt said, okay, since you're the only one who's on time, I'll give you a gift. Handed me uh, the character I asked for, and I flipped it open, and it turns out that I picked a character that was not actually the Sombra, but is... Uh, a follower of Set, which for those who don't like know the whole World of Darkness thing, it's kind of like being given a Sith when you're like a teacher at the Jedi Academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a perfect analogy, but it will serve. So I'm sitting there for the entire four hours being like, when do I strike? <laughs> when do I do it? When do I make this into a bloodbath? And I, I was just holding out for as long as I could to make the payoff as, as good as I could possibly make it. Oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, thinking about you. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Hey, Mook, that's a dick joke. <laughs> Uh, and then, here going, why are you talking to me? <laughs> Sorry, uh, and, yeah. and I made a couple of, you know, a couple forays into doing kind of, you know, not so great stuff, like away from the table, saying, you know, 
Kirk, can you follow me over here? I want to try out this thing. And Hello. <laughs> the term is sidebar. Yeah. It's so, only kinky the first is, time. Is that take? <laughs> hey, hey, Kirk, how do you think Mary got me? I want to try something out over here. <laughs> the problem is half my character sheet is filled with disciplines that I can't really name to the other characters, or I give it all away. So I'd be like, I want to try this thing. <laughs> Here? Uh, I want to give some of it away. And it culminated in a moment where. Uh, uh, you, uh, what was your name again? Patrick. <laughs> again, a few drinks. Uh, Patrick's character said, This is what we're going to do. And it absolutely was a thing that my character was not prepared to do. I was not prepared to end the slaughter, basically. And I just took the, uh, the Nephilim that I had wrapped in my fangs and hooked it up. And I think you said, when you're throwing a motherfucker at another motherfucker, you know you've got a good game. <laughs> That's very wise, Kurt. So poetic. When you throw a motherfucker against another motherfucker, you have good game. Why motherfucker throw when no motherfucker wants to throw? Uh, so, um, at, at a certain point, the, they they kind of figured out that oh, there's there's something weird going on, and they gave you a sort of gave, gave a uh, gave gave a uh, um, give him a little slip of paper that just said there's photo there's photography. Yeah, this is great radio. Photography happening here. So, Kurt, Kurt, keep shut talking, up. Kurt. Keep talking. <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> oh, damn, Ouch. Because as we know, Kurt, if you throw a motherfucker <laughs> at another motherfucker. <laughs> Lay so, back and think of Dark Age. <laughs> so, so at a certain point, uh, uh, one of them sort of, one of them did the little spirits touch to, to figure out the history of an object. And I, I said, but you, you get something in your mind, you, you get something in your mind, it, it, numbers come into your head. Numbers, 13 and 33. And he's like, huh? And I hand him a piece of paper that says numbers, 13 colon 33. And then, yes. And oh, it's, it's the book of numbers, chapter 13, verse 33. In that time, there were, well, and then also another one from Genesis is in that time, there were giants that still walked the earth. And everybody just kind of figured this out. They're like, wait, we're fighting giant sons of angel. Oh, shit. Sons of angels. So, yeah, they're here. They're in, in, as far as I know, in, in the. White Wolf Cannon, there are, no, there are no stats specifically for Nephilim, for giants, for stuff, that part of, that particular part of the Old Testament. So I just made it up. And it, it worked out. Um, so. We're good? Any other Saturday games? Go. Oh, okay. Oh. Who's Story first. The, the game he was in was I, better I played, than mine. I played in Lily's game here, over, over here, by the way. Hey, what was the name that Let's game? Let's have Lily introduce your game first, Lily. Come on. Yay! Clap your 
Who are you, and what do you do to make you famous? Uh, I'm Lily, and I'm not famous, but I ran a game that was Muppets versus Madness, Muppets and Madness, and it was basically, yeah, in the Muppets of Madness, it was basically the Muppets show, and they had to put on a show, they did, the variety show, but uh, there was a bit of eldritch horror involved, and um, Haster may or may not have made an appearance. Um, so, oh, spoiler, spoiler. Be eaten first. Yes, yes, be eaten first. Always good advice there. Uh, and Stork was uh, our Kermit the Frog, illustrious Kermit the Frog. So. Stork, I understand so. you did a voice of Kermit the Frog. I think everybody wants well, to hear your what's, Kermit what's the Frog what's voice. Is before he does his voice of Kermit the Frog, he should tell how he gets into into that. If I don't, if, I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I know. Method. I know. It's method. It it's method. <laughs> he does not fuck a pig. <laughs> Are you sure? Stork is not well, method. That was not part. Of, it was a family friendly the game. Doesn't talk about it was this. A family friendly game this time. <laughs> this time. All right, Stork. Uh, yeah, I'm terrible at imitations. What what I have to do is I have to I have to hear somebody that's done an imitation before. So like my Christopher Walken is not Christopher Walken. It's Kevin Spacey doing Christopher Walken. Like like that guy. He's crazy. So my Kermit the Frog is actually Seth MacFarlane doing Kermit the Frog, and the, and his Kermit the Frog was was an imitation of Liam Neeson. So it was Kevin <laughs> a certain set of skills. <laughs> and eventually it turned into Kermit the Frog, which is simple to do. And so, so the whole thing, I'm like, Father, you need to... So it was sort of Kermit the Frog the entire game. And I'm the only person doing a voice through this whole game. But I started this, and I saw Lily's eyes light up, right? And she has this wonderful mechanic in her Muppets game, which is... And she said this right out. She goes, now, if anybody wants to do Statler Waldorf during the course of this game, please go ahead. And I'm like, how the hell is that going to work? How's that? What? What? All right. Fine. That's great. And sure enough, because there's all these things that happen, right? So at some point, a lobster shows up. So uh, all, all of a sudden, there's fish puns, right? So I bust out a fish pun. She busts out a fish pun. Somebody else busts out a fish pun. All of a sudden, Statler and Waldorf are there for like 30 seconds, busting out things. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. This is the best game mechanic ever. <laughs> I, I never would have thought of this. I love this. So... All right, so playing this game was like playing two games, all right? First of all, I know Cthulhu is showing up, right? We've got an Eldritch Horde that we have to deal with, and yet we're Muppets, and I've got to put on a show, right? So I'm Kermit here, and, I, and I'm trying to wrangle all of these boggers um, and making sure that, that the show goes on without a hitch. Like, we had to get luggage up to the room and all that. And so there was almost two games, and we had, I, I don't know, maybe more fun trying to get the show together, and the fact yes. that there was an Eldritch Horror that showed up was, was beside the point. Um, as with con games, and, and Lily, you, you were a game designer in your, in your past life, right? So you know all about games. And con, this is your first con. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, this is your first con game, running a con game. You never know what, you're gonna, what your players are going to be like. And so she sort of had a mixture of inexperienced people, young people, older people, people that did voices in the entire thing. And I thought she handled it. <laughs> and I thought she handled it with a great aplomb and dignity. She, it, it was a, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting mashup. She's got Cthulhu and Muppets. How can you go wrong? Now it was, it was a genius. Uh, so I've encouraged her to go off and, and keep running this, keep doing this, add some more Muppet characters. 
<laughs> Come back yeah. in February, we're more Muppets. We had a choice, we had a bunch of choices of characters. We had uh, Janice, Fozzie. Sorry, we had the top three. So we had Kermit, Fozzie, and Piggy, of course. And then we also, we had Gonzo the Great. We had Animal. We had Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and his familiar beaker. And then we had Animal and Janice. Janice. So, yeah. She's the guitarist. The lead guitarist. Oh, man. 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 Come on, Stu. Okay, so I have, I have one, one quick question. What was the sound that Gonzo made when he tried to play the trumpet at the, at the intro? Well, our, our Gonzo did a great job, but he didn't really do a Gonzo impersonation, so it was kind of more of a... It, yeah, yeah. But we did actually have, at one point, there was a scene where they were all working together to put the, the uh, luggage up into the guest star's dressing room, and, it, and somebody says to him, like, this should be a musical number. And Stork, his Kermit, actually made it a musical number. He actually sang. So, I mean, you know, that, that's pretty awesome. I did two play tests prior to this, and there was no musical numbers. But this time, there was, by God. Now, speaking of those two play tests. Why are there so many songs about luggage? <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> I speaking... Speaking about those two playtests, I was in both playtests and heard all about this game, and every single game was completely different, and it sounds like everyone just had In the interest of full disclosure, you had to be there, right? Why? Didn't have to. She's my wife. (laughs) Hey, you said yes. It's your fault. He said yes. Well, Monday is our wedding anniversary. And you chose to spend it here. That's nice. Carry on. We are nerds. Lily, I really do want to pay you the biggest compliment that I honestly possibly could. No, hold up. I'm absolutely serious. This is not sarcastic. This this is absolutely true. Man, I wish I thought of that. I swear. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a brilliant idea, the whole game. Thank you. Yeah, Muppets turn out, they're they're quite invincible. And yeah, when a lobster does show up to their show, they roll with it. Oh, 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 oh. BRP. Oh my god. Well, I'm a huge Call of Cthulhu BRP role. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. And I absolutely love it because I, I, I'm Gertz. sorry. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the whole idea of leveling up and everything. I love the percentage opportunity. But what was great Welcome is to it, the game. it really gave me the chance, especially with the characters, to give them different, different skills and possibilities of doing things. Like, for instance, Fozzie Bear, one of his other languages, Polar Bear. Never really came into being, but he actually had like a 40% chance to speak polar bear. And, and he was adept at balloon animals. Uh, Janice is apparently a great baker, and we found that out because for, for the guest star... Baking! No! <laughs> for the guest star, who was a lobster, she made an amazing grill pot pie, apparently, in this game. Uh, but what was really great about it is it really gave me the freedom when, when kind of figuring out how do the Muppets fit into a, a role-playing universe. <laughs> BRP was really perfect for it. And, of course, being Call of Cthulhu, it worked really well as well. So definitely a huge fan. Should, should uh, always be in BRP, for, in my opinion, for most games. <laughs> most, not all. If there's any real combat involved, definitely not BRP. But for <laughs> Muppets... Well, that was, yeah, here's Stu trying to say, 
oh, I, I, you know, I, Stork, sorry. Here's Stork trying to say, oh, I, I never, I never get, get really good roles or anything. And believe it or not, the dress rehearsal went terrible for their Muppet show, but they actually had the most successful Muppet show ever. Fozzie Bear, who had a 15% chance of being funny, rolled an eight. <laughs> hey, good, bad rehearsal, good Here, show. That's the exactly, mantra. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was... At one point, they had to make twin sons, so he actually tried to make two singularities, right? right. Which went wrong, and of course, poor Beaker. So this whole game was great. She knows her Muppet canon, too. I, I made her play, like, five other ancillary Muppets as well. I'm like, oh, so the Mad Bomber shows up, right? So she had to... So she had to do him. I made her do Beauregard to clean up the mess, right? So she, I even made her walk like Zoo, which, sitting down, she did. So she had... <laughs> So I encourage anybody yeah, who loves Muppets and loves Cthulhu to come play in Lily's game because she's Don't got ever it. Let her go. it, but, uh, it, it was a great mashup. I, I didn't know what to expect. It had Muppets and Cthulhu, and I'm like, well, why not? So uh, it was really good. It was really good. It was really good. She ran a really good game. And as we do with cons, you never know who you're going to get. And, um, and she got stored. Play with the players you get, not necessarily the players you want. Oh, God, why? It's like an orgy. As someone who uh, was at another game in the same room, I just have to say I was super impressed by what I saw from that game, especially kind of like for like first time con GM. You did an amazing job, and people were really into it. Yeah. Oh, this is Jim again. Hi, Jim. I just wanted to say that I remember the con where you got you started coming here. Um, and I actually remembered your name, and when I approved your game, I thought the idea was so massively awesome. Uh, and from someone that's relatively new to this convention, coming up with something so innovative, and apparently executing it perfectly, uh, just kudos to you, and just fantastic, fantastic work. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I really love being part of giving somebody the opportunity to share something like that with other people. And, it, and please keep coming back and please bring it strong and we appreciate you. Thank you. You've set the bar high now. So, Jim, I have a question. When I am super behind on my schedule and I register my game at 11.45 the night before like registration ends, is that you up at 3 a.m. approving my game? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yay! Are there any other games? Yeah, go. Oh yeah, yeah. And we're gonna do a complete 180 from Lily's game. Um, It'll be fun. I ran. Yeah. You really know how to kill a room, man. So I hosted an Iron Kingdoms game. Not a single person signed up for it. Yeah. Now, wait, wait, wait. If there's one thing that I learned from listening to Happy Jacks, going through that backlog, backlog like the middle person in the human centipede, yeah! feed her! Look, that one thing that I learned... If you can, wait, wait, wait. If you can only choose between the middle person or the end person, you always pick the middle. Right. Then you still get at least you're getting a ring job. <laughs> now... Now, now, I mean, anyway. Everybody wants to be number one, but if you can't be number one, number two. Back, 
back to that one thing that I learned that is, if you're a GM in trouble, you go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's right. That's yes. right. So. I'm just keeping with the lessons. <laughs> and where do we learn that? Human centipede. Right. So, I went to the bathroom. And on the way back, I heard, well, we could play this Iron Kingdoms game. And that was the game that I was running. No one's ever run an Iron Kingdoms game in Strategic Con, as far as I know. So I turned and I said, you're right. No one signed up. I'm ready. You guys ready? And the four of them looked at each other and said, do you want to play Iron Kingdoms? Uh, I guess so. And next thing I know, I'm trolling past Lily's table saying, I got four people. He, so, he totally did. In fact, Stork and I were laughing because he came by and he was like, I got four suckers. What, what, what's ridiculous, he, he had the table next to mine and yes. he had nobody signed up for his game. He had four players before I had two. <laughs> <laughs> and I had three people signed up for my game. And he saw I had some folks on pre reg and he didn't. I, seriously, it was like it was like Linus and Charlie Brown did that whole. <laughs> 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 you weren't there. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, now, this is my second con and my first con running. So, and, 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 and while I wasn't prepared for nobody signing up, I was prepared for whatever I could get. And what I got was a group of four people who didn't know anything about the setting or the system except one guy who showed up later. I ended up with five people. Um, the RO, what? From zero to five. I, I go from zero to five in two seconds. Bras are stuck. <laughs> So, <laughs> that, thanks, Lloyd. <laughs> anyway, um, that anniversary is going to go great. Yes, but um, as far as GMing in a con game, as far as GMing in a con game, could Dave? Dave, <laughs> it, it, it gave me a good lesson in, in that even if you sign up as a Happy Jacks game, you don't know who the fuck you're gonna get. And I got a group that kind of knew each other, but didn't know much about me or the game or much about role playing. <laughs> um, they were okay. they were a good group. They were a good group, but but trying trying to work with some of them. Yeah, I can always work pour them into the Jello mold. Um, Make them your players. Some of it felt like a. Some of it felt like. I already feel bad enough for having no one signed up today. <laughs> Make that face again. <laughs> this is great radio. Today is right. making great tentacle faces. Hey, if you go to our Amazon wish list, we have cameras available right now that you can buy for us to improve the stream talk, We're going to talk about that. Yeah, sorry. I'm spoilers. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon wish list, I think Kadave's tentacle face is now on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> That's on everyone's Amazon wish list. 
Um, it, it is. But anyways, Nightmares. As it was, getting used to a group who knew nothing about the system or the setting, which I was expecting to begin with, considering Iron Kingdom's history here, um, I got good feedback. Even, even though one person... And, and Stu will like this. Yes. Even though one person wanted a shopping trip. Oh, oh no! Oh. Fuck the shoppers. <laughs> so, there was a, a shopping trip? Really? What kind of a player would have a shopping trip? I think he's looking at either Bruce or Chris, but I don't know which You know what? Is. That's as much my fault as it is theirs. Eh. Hey, shopping, shopping in a campaign's fine, but 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 I got I got good feedback from the group, positive and negative, um, and the fact that I had nobody sign up isn't deterring me from running another game, and no one's listening to me anymore, so I'm gonna pass it on to Stu. All right, yeah, they're rowdy. You guys are rowdy. Right, any other games? Any more games? Hey, Timmy, did you run a game today? We did. Tell us about it, Tim. Tim or Kim? Ash. No, it's fine. No, go. No. No, it's over. Go. Wait, how'd you end up with mine and end up with beer? I'm used to being a finisher, but I guess I'll end up. All right, I'll go. I always finish. So I'm sure you're all shocked. I ran Wild Towns. Yay! Um, Did you have props? Did you have props? You know, I didn't this time, but this game was... This game actually was a lot of firsts for me. Um, Mad props. Exciting. Exciting. Um, I've actually never run the same scenario more than once. I tend to come up with an idea, really just let it like fly. People do an amazing job with it, and I just don't run it again. Um, so this is the first time I've run a scenario more than one time. I ran this scenario with... No, you're... Second. You're my second, sorry. Sloppy second. Yes. So you're the first time I've done someone twice. No, anyway. <laughs> It's okay, because the first time was online. Yes, the first time, the first time was virtual. So, I, I ran this game for uh, Jack or John... Jack We're talking about a game. Oh my god, virtual. shut up! So I ran this game for Jack or John, uh, 2016. It was the first time I'd run a game online. I specifically ran this game and designed it to be a combat-heavy game. Generally, those of you who've ever heard or played in my games before, they're very um, RPG-heavy. They're very RP-heavy. There's a lot of... Yes. So this this was specifically, like, fucking... This was uh, Mexicans Monsters fucking, like, shoot-up-the-vampire game. So I designed it to be very combat-heavy, and I also... Can that out a little better? It's... Mechs Mechs versus monsters. monsters. I thought you were talking about the second half of of, uh, Dust Till Dawn. We're going to make the mechs pay for it. Mexican monsters? Jesus. I blame all of you who brought me glasses of wine. It's all your fault. I thought you said you were so... No, no. I I don't eat any carbs, but I'll drink the wine. No, I'm not done. So, mechs against monsters. Um, so I designed it to be very combat heavy because I've never kind of run a game that way, specifically at a con. 
And I've also never run uh, the same encounter more than one time. So when I ran this for Jackpacon, it was online. It was, uh, it actually ended up taking us eight hours to get through the adventure. So I had, yeah, we did one, one uh, session of it. We didn't quite finish, partially because a lot of my players were in other hemispheres, so they were half asleep because it was like two in the morning for them. Um, so then I had to do a lot of editing, uh, pare it down to make it fit into a four-hour session. And I think I did a fairly good job of it. Yeah. Four hours, one minute? Yes, I went one minute over, two minutes over. I'm sorry, it was, it, we went till 6.02, which is pretty good. Um, so it, it was a very interesting challenge in a lot of different respects, and I'd love to see kind of what the players did. I also, uh, the same thing I did with JackerCon, where I took the character sheets, all the characters got the same basic build, and then they got to customize their character with 10 points or 10 die in any skills or um, stats they wanted to. So they were able to completely come up with their own characters. It went much better this time than at JackerCon. At JackerCon, it took a lot more time because they had to make the change to their character sheets and then send them back to me via Google Hangouts, which took a really fucking long time. Um, at the table, like as I predicted, it took a lot shorter time. They were able to completely customize and uh, come up with their characters and their own um, uh, kind of armory and their inventory of weapons all within about 28 minutes. So we were able to really get into it, which is really fun. Yeah, not about not twenty-seven, not twenty-nine. minutes. It's not an estimate. I was actually sitting there waiting because it took us a really long time at JackerCon, so I was really nervous about that point. So if we'd gone over like half an hour, I was a little bit panicked. But we ended up at about twenty-eight minutes with everyone having their completely customized characters with their inventories and their backstories, and they all shared. So I was really, really pleased with that. Um, and then. Tim, you broke a bunch of shit. God damn it. Tim, you're the reason we can't have nice things. Yes. Not, and that's not probing, Tim. Not, 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 not probing. And I was sounding sober, god damn it. All right, anyway. No. But I was sounding, I was sounding logical, god damn it. Shut up. So anyway, I was really pleased with the fact that they were able to get that done at the table within like half an hour, which was kind of my aim. So we had most of the four-hour time block to really get into the game. And we managed to finish two minutes over the time. Huh? I just said two minutes. Two minutes. You're drunk. Shut up. <laughs> so, no, no, no. So it went over by two minutes, She's which right. I was actually pleased about. And the players did a really great job. And it's the first time I've run a scenario more than one time. So it was fascinating for me to see how two completely different groups of people went about the same story. So it's the first time that's happened to me. I know lots of uh, Happy Jacks. GMs have enjoyed that multiple times. Stu just sat down. I'm really nervous now. <laughs> so, uh... Let him relax. Yeah. So that's the first time I've, I've run a scenario multiple times to see how different players reacted. So that was interesting. I know a lot of uh, Happy Jacks GMs have done that before. So it was really neat to see how things specifically changed. And I'd love to see what the players say about that. Get up here and talk about it. It does save on prep. It's actually amazing. And, like, predictability. Like, the fact that you've actually run it once before is kind of neat. So, Kimmy, Friends were there any players in the audience right now? There were a few. Steve said that might come now. Thank you, Steve. Oh, great. I love your shirt, by the way. I've told you that three times today. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, my name's Steve. Um, I know a lot of you from outside of, of gaming areas. Um, I've actually kind of been getting back into role-playing games after about a 20 years. Now, now, Steve, Steve, hold the mic like it's a cock. 
Yeah. Stop stealing my lines. If it's not so I was able to, 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 I mean, I, I tend, because of this, I tend to be a little nervous about, you know, Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons because they're going to expect me to really know the freaking rules to the damn thing when I sit down. And I like, I like a mechanic like what, uh, what, what Kimmy was playing today where I can sit down and role play and have a good adventure and not have to worry about how well I already know the rules that I'm joining in on. Um, and I had a really kick-ass time in your game today. Yay! Um, there was, uh, I, I love the, the mechanics of the battles. Um, I love the fact that uh, we had like uh, Bruce and, and Chris and Tim and myself were bouncing off of each other like ping balls to where the other two guys that were in the group with us were pretty much in shock half the time. Um, and also there was some serious tension going through. I mean, there was expectations and I was really actually feeling a little tense in, as the, the story developed. So I was very much getting into it, really enjoying it today. You up, dude? Sure. Bruce is right here. He's looking for the mic. Yay! Half, more than half of the fun of that game was Kimmy's acceptance of whatever the hell we said. So if we said, hey, so she had given us a lot of license, like, hey, you guys are super good at what you do. You are, you know, the Catholic, you're the Vatican's really super holy warriors. Don't make me suck it like a cock. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) You can, you can, you can. We pay extra for Bruce. (laughs) No, wait, you couldn't hear me? Was, Was the sound quality bad? Yes, it was bad. Was it? No. I looked at no, I, I looked at the way you were I, holding I the mic, and I, 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 I felt that it wasn't going to sound good. But David, so, the headphones I was so don't part, do that. The, the, the real the real <laughs> quality of the game to me seemed to be that she gave us so much license. Like she said, "Hey, you have the entirety of the Vatican's resources at your disposal," and I was like, "Hey, I want to." I want a briefcase full of plastic explosives. And she's like, yeah, you have a briefcase full of... <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck is Bruce going to do with a briefcase full of plastic explosives? Well, she knows I'm going to bring some building down. Yeah. It's cute because you're like the one person in this room drunker than me right now. It's really, I am. It's really interesting. Fuck the Protestants! Well, yeah! I'm the one willing to stand up and talk. Anyway, um... He, you broke a glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tim. Tim. Yeah. So her willingness to yes and to everything was also good. So we, we're, we're Catholic. Um, Vatican revenge artists. And we're Open fucking vampires. So we do horrible things to things that aren't alive. And we feel just fine with that. And it was, it was, it was neat. Tim, Tim should talk about what he did. Uh, well, you wait your turn, bitch. I'm on the mic now. Tim of the Northlands. Any, at any rate, what I really wanted to praise was Kimmy's acceptance of whatever we wanted to do. She incorporated it. She didn't thwart it. She was like, yeah, and we need to do this. Yeah, you have to go. You got to get a little closer. this There was... There was... I'll let them get control again. 
I feel sullied and unusual. There was so one more like thing, 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 thing I wanted to give a point. shout out to Kimmy about too was, and this is stuff that that what, I can come up. What they can't see me over the microphone because I have a face for radio. The one, the one other thing that I wanted to really give a shout out to was was uh, Kimmy's NPC skills. In particular, right towards the end of the game, we encounter the secretary of, of the big bad. And when she starts out and we're, we're cornering her and she's starting to you know get a little nervous and dial a phone, we say, how far did you get on that dial? She goes, Hold on a second. Did you say when you were corning her? Cornering. Oh. <laughs> cornering. All minions. Yeah, I've said through this whole game. podcast by now. I, you I heard it no better. Cornering. Cornering. Anyway, she had mad NPC skills, and I just really wanted to give you a shout out. Yay! Hey, Tim. Timmy. 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 What? Tell us what you gave. No, it's Timmy. Timmy. Broby. It's Broby. not all about you, Kimmy. <laughs> you obviously did not go through high school with the name Kimmy during like South Park's prime. Broby. <laughs> she's she's a bit better looking than this group Timmy. tonight. It's it's they're they're just. Rowdy. So so no so no more games to talk about, right? No, okay. no, so, oh, no, no. I want to hear about Broby and today's game. I do. I want to hear about this. So the last game from the 2 o'clock game set on Saturday that we'll talk about is my and Proby Tim's game that we put together that I, in all of our online chats and everything in the prep of the game, yeah, it was kind of hot, a little bit, just a little bit. I always called it the bad idea game. Uh, because I came up with the idea to run a game of all of the world's most stereotypical victims. So every player character was uh, one of the victims that you'd automatically see as a trope in television or fantasy or anything. So the idea at first started with the cop two weeks before he retires. And then it became the Star Trek red shirt. And then it became the uh, fantasy merchant that just didn't quite make it to town and, and things are sent out to save or like find out why they didn't make it. Uh, the, the 80s slasher movie camp counselor. Uh, what else? I'm missing something. Oh, the, the Hollywood stuntman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rad! Two mics. Check it out. Power. And yeah. <laughs> Don't let him talk about stuff. Uh, so this. Uh, so what? Are you on, okay. Just, just hang on. Okay. So the. <laughs> Shut your mouth. face. Uh, no, the uh, the idea for the game kind of sprang from my mind as I was driving my car on the freeway and. Then two days later, I called up Tim and I said, Hey, I had an idea for a game, uh, and you know some game systems that I don't. And my idea involves us trying to run a game 
with every player character made in a different game system? Five different game systems in one con session. We had Savage Worlds. We had GURPS. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. We, had, we had Gumshoe, a la Trail of Cthulhu. Oh my god. Woohoo! We had um, Swords and Wizardry. And we had... Savage Worlds. Traveler. Traveler. And Mongoose Traveler. <laughs> my brain is exploding just thinking about that shit. Um, mine did too as we were prepping it. And, and, and it, became, it became shorthand in our game prep that Tim would bring up an idea or like a possible problem. And then I would look at him and go, you know what? It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was, so that, the, was, that was the whole pretext of the game is, is it'll be fine. Hey, what are we going to do if this happens? What could possibly go wrong? And Dave would say, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I can think of no reason that I can think of no way in which this could possibly end badly. I, I'm, thinking, I'm starting to get a little terrified with what we're taking on here. It'll be fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was pretty much exactly it. Uh, what are we doing here? How is this going to happen? And Dave would say, "It'll be fine. That'll be fine. Don't worry." I have a question. Yes. So five players or six players? Five players. Five players. Five different oh. systems. How did you roll initiative? That ah, was that was okay. That this was a this was a a, a today piece of genius. The we we decided that for initiative because there was really no way to reconcile all five of those game systems initiative styles that everybody would get cards a la Savage Worlds. So we we pretty much just used we pretty much just used the set. <laughs> Step up. Hey, this is fun. Oh. I was trying to get away from her. So, so you made Daddy mad. Everyone in the podcast. Great, Stu is turning this car around. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I've been drinking Monster for this entire podcast. What the hell? You're doing it wrong. So, just nobody moved. <laughs> So, um, so, so then we all took our clothes off and we ran around the table, uh, jumping up Wait, and down. What? I'm just seeing if anyone's paying attention. I am. Yeah. <laughs> We're not. No, no. Yeah. We are now. Yeah, yeah. Kimmy's in. <laughs> I'm in. Continue. He will see us prance. So, so yeah. Uh oh, shit. So the uh, the 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 thing that from here. We've given the premise of the game. The idea is that all of these stereotypical victims have been recruited by a mad scientist that came up with a way to hop dimensions with a handheld device. You can kind of sliders. Yeah, you can kind of almost think that it was like a, almost like a, a kind of a riff on Infinite Worlds from GURPS, because we had all these different parallel dimensions where people would hop to and from what in the f- is going on? I don't know, but I like it. Everyone, everyone, gather around me. I thought we were doing the last supper. We're not doing the last supper? I think Bruce might have a question, which is... Stop that! (laughs) Yes, Bruce. Okay, I have a serious question. I love everybody that just broke Kobe Tim. Yes. I've asked asked a few different audience members, did I miss this answer? But no. 
So how did you manage the different systems? Did you have them all at once? Or did... Yeah, no, I feel it. I don't care. Ow. Oh, now, now I care. That was right in the... That was right in the pooter hole. <laughs> no, how did you manage... No, how did you manage this? Did you do them all at once? Or did you alternate? Or what was the deal everything, with that? Because... Everything happened all at once. Mind wants to know. Everything happened all at once. Um... Every character in the game had one set because I took clues from what Stork and I have taught preached for a long time about con games is when you're prepping them, pretend that it's a bunch of Legos and you can all take one out if you have too much going on or you can put a new one back in if you need more time. So you're right. Don't step on any of them ever because then your foot is ruined for life. Um, but uh, so the idea basically was that all of these game systems were happening, but each little scenario, vignette, highlighted one character's skills. So, to answer your question directly, Bruce, what we did is every character played the game in their own system. So the right. GURPS character, when it rolled to hit, it would roll three dice and try to roll under their skill. The Savage Worlds character would roll, you know, it's... it's Attack in a and, wild and Did and the wild hero dice. character do algebra? We didn't use hero. I have one Yes. Stu has a question. Uh, what, how did you reconcile uh, systems that just have a two-hit roll and systems that have an active defense? All the GURPS. Uh, well, when the GURPS character was attacking, the bad guy could have active defense. And when the GURPS character was being attacked, they had an active defense. Eventually. Pretty, pretty so, much every bad guy... So we had, we had a bunch of mook-like type characters. And but I didn't not, I mean that not refer to the fight. Not as well made or with anywhere near the level of skill or knowledge. Where, where one hit from anybody would... Would take them out. Yeah, where one hit from anybody would take them out. Yeah. The other... Wait, don't give away the secrets before the players talk. No, 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 I'm not going to. You, the, you already did. No, no I... One was given away. Okay, um, so if there are any other players here who played the game... That would like to talk about it, please feel free. Briefly. I don't all. Don't all. Bruce wants to talk. Bruce wants to leave. Frey! Frey was in our game. Hey, what's going on? What am I doing? Hey, hey. I'm just taking a picture of everyone first. Hi, here's my panoramic. Hey, Frey. This is great radio. Oh, wait, wait. No, right there. He doesn't want to talk about our game. He just wanted to be in the front to take pictures. If you have a microphone, talk about the game. Okay, so. Yeah, I played, and I got to be the fall guy. A.K.A. And the stuntman. I got man. to play in GURPS. The yeah. GURPS stuntman. The Majors is the best. <laughs> Doing everything I know. Oh, wait. Right. So, anyway, um, it was totally awesome, and everything worked out great because of the... We had the... What? Don't, don't pay attention to that. Just, just the, talk. Stuntman. I was playing GURPS, and I haven't played GURPS in... 20 years. 20 years at least. Wow. Yeah, so it was fun. See? I did my part of the game back. It was a lot longer than that. The 25 was 30. It's been a while. Anyway, so we were playing and I got to be the stuntman and then we had Traveler Guy and we had, well, he was the Starship Trooper or Star Trek guy in the red outfit. And then we had uh, Will being Hot Jill, the camp counselor girl. And then we had Jim yeah. being the, the fantasy merchant, but it was awesome because really? Hot Jill he had was backstab, and he had magic shit, 
and we're like, what the hell? And I'm like, how did you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's funny, because he was doing damage, like at range, and I thought he was casting magic missile, and I didn't realize he was doing a sling with rocks. So the third time, and I'm like, really? Okay. So, and I'm like, he's emerging. But so it was fun. But so what was really cool was that we were playing each system, and they kept track of like, hey, here's the bunch of orcs, and if they took damage in one system, and they got hit again, then they would be like, okay, they had to do like a percentages, and they go, okay, well that makes sense that he gets killed with three shots. Or more. What the Oh my god! Okay. You took Stu's ears! Yeah. We don't have insurance for this. This is great radio. The best radio. I have the best radio, they're great. So it was funny because Tim was talking about, you know, the characters had the skills. And so I'm a stunt man. I don't know why Stu only brings me on once every three months. What? Nope. Hello, man. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year. That didn't work, Dave. Assert yourself. Okay, so. Tim was saying, hey, you have skills. And I was like, okay, I'm a stuntman. This is great. And I should like be able to roll with the punch or something. And he's like, yeah, you should have acrobatics. And I was like, dude, it's not on my sheet. And he's like, well, yeah, it is. And I handed him the sheet and he's like, oh, it's not on there. So we kind of just went with it. Yes. And then it's like, oh, you know how to fight. You should be able to like block and parry and stuff. Oh, that wasn't on the sheet either. No, 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 hold on. You're wrong there. It wasn't on the sheet. It wasn't! Stop, 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 stop. Did you have the brawling skill? Yes, he did. Okay, then, uh, then you should be able to parry. Yes. No, brawling doesn't get burned because, that, because that's handheld. Wait. See? Wait, wait, There's really? Really? Can that. <laughs> brawling gives parry. According to Mook. According to Mook. The Mook has spoken. So. Bust you, says Mook. Just, just, for the for the listening audience at home, the question was posed to Mook: Does brawling give parry? And he said, "Why are you stupid, Tim?" And and the fun thing is. Hey, I said brawling is period. Tim was like, no. <laughs> so we said, oh, you should just have half the brawling and add four. And we did that. Whatever. You subtract your OCB. Okay, okay, okay. A, a, a legitimate question. So he told you brawling gives parry, and you said no. No, 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 no. He okay, said. Okay, wait, hold, hold on. Now, now, if if y'all if y'all want to actually listen to me, why start now? <laughs> you have seven seconds. I'm out. Okay, I have a, a legitimate question here. All right, I'm ready. Did the decision made during the game work? Yes. yes. Then it doesn't fucking matter. Hey, I was good with it. I, I was having fun with whatever it was. And so, the, the fun part was we had one guy doing Savage Worlds, the camp counselor, and we're like, hey, we need Bennies. We didn't have bennies. Right. So instantly, off supplies of the rescue. They became bennies and Benny they worked just fine. Cards. 
Yep. Good enough. We're good. So the whole the whole plan was when we were going through these different portals, we were trying to chase some bad Nazi guy. Isn't it always? Right. Yes, as opposed to good Nazi guys. Our yes, exactly. Our spear was framed. I'm just saying. Okay, so the first place we went to was Crystal Lake Camp. And yeah, a generic camp. I'm right. sorry, but we saw the sign Crystal Lake on the way out. Wait for it. And we come across big dude with hockey mask slicing the dude in half under the mysterious stoplight or streetlight. It was awesome. And then our mission was to go somewhere else. So we went. All right, we're out. Yeah. So we left them. <laughs> and as, as you, that is the smartest decision ever made. <laughs> so here, real quick, real quick, real quick. Hold on, we, hold on, we warned hold on. the people on the way out of the other cabins. We warned them, call the cops. So, so the idea was when we were prepping the game, we would set up the stereotypical villain that would be attacking some group that this group might care about, but. They could totally choose to just pursue the main objective of trying to stop a horrible Nazi doctor from getting dimensional teleportation back to the Third Reich. Which is also important, to be fair. But, we were curious, like, well, let's see what they choose. Like, let's, let's leave it out there. Like, are they going to try and stop Jason from killing a bunch of innocent campers? Or no. are they going to, like, are they going to just pursue the evil doctor? But... For every time they didn't deal with the bad guy from each scenario, that bad guy would follow them into the next scenario. So the very first one out the gate was Camp Crystal Lake and Jason Voorhees, and they didn't deal with him. So then he proceeded to follow them through the entire game until the almost end. Right. So the next... Yeah, yeah. Did he follow them in a very menacing manner, but very slowly? Yes. Yes, he did. And we didn't make our spot, perception, notice, whatever roles at all. The second world, we walked into the Old West. And there was the robot Yul Brenner. <laughs> he, was, he was killing folk. Etc. 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 And... For some, for some reason, we actually said, let's go save them. And so we went after it. We didn't know it was a robot at the time, but the putting on the face thing should have clued us in. Your brother yeah, in the West, and you didn't know it was a robot at the time? Well, their characters. No, no, no. Our characters. They were oh, yeah. metagaming. No, no, but yeah, yeah. There you go. So we go, we survive, we barely... We, we barely survived the robot, and we had a, a phaser that couldn't disintegrate him. Uh, I had a baseball bat, and we had a bow and arrow. Yeah, the, the, the phaser we got melted face phaser. with the phaser, but that was as close as we got. Yep. So we got out, we went, went to the portal, killed the bad guy there. Didn't notice Jason. Well, you did. He does kind of tend to sneak up on yeah, you. Yeah, we, we barely noticed it, but we didn't notice that he came through. Type of deal. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the guy with the. By the way, everybody that was left in the wild. 
Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah. Keep it together. Everyone that lived was very grateful. They were very grateful, but the PCs left and Jason Voorhees then killed the Wild West. Oh, we didn't know that. Yeah. It wasn't the heat, it was you throwing cans at him. <laughs> he sort of deserved it. No. I didn't. That was totally him hitting the mic. Okay, so the next Whoa! The next part was going to Fantasy World. We come a except that's Halloween. That's up. close enough. Oh. Um, we came across a group of villagers having their little wagon train, and here come the orc army, little platoon, 20-ish, whatever. War band. War band, whatever. Yeah. And we're like, oh, the place we need to go is the opposite direction. Oh, they're not that far. Let's go save them. So the Star Trek guys said, look, they're aliens attacking humans. And so we're like, okay, good. And then we went after them. We blew them all up. They killed them. We got away, and then we noticed Jason. All hail the Red Wizard. Yes, the Red Wizard was our Star Trek's red shirt, because his phaser was awesome. There's now a whole tribe of orcs that thinks that men in red shirts are incredibly powerful wizards. So we, we had a great time getting there, and then we left and we came to Modern World. The first thing we see in New York, as you do, a uh, sacrificed dude on a pentagram surrounded by candles in the street. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, right. Well, you know, because it's New York. It's New York. Yeah. So, logically, oh, and then after we're like, what do we do when we got it up? They're like, oh, by the way, it's pitch black and it's night. Didn't know that right away. Yeah, we would have been nice to know. So, we then we went looking for cops. Word. We had no phones. The, the neighbors were totally friendly. Fuck off! So that didn't help us. Wait, now hold on a minute. What? It's it's midnight. I know I said it was midnight. He, he, find, he finds the one old lady still up watching TV, knocks on her awesome. door to use her phone in New York, and he's surprised that she's like, no, I'm not going to let you in. Yeah, but, you know, And whatever. he's a big stunt man carrying a bat covered in orc blood. Yeah, and it's black and green blood, so whatever. Anyway, we finally find the cops, call them, and they wanted us to stick around at the 7-Eleven, and we hung up and left. And then we went finding the bad guy. We found more people in black robes with pointy hats, or purple robes, and Will was like, Oh my God, it's the clan! They're trying to kill somebody! Let's go save them! Yeah, was the first guy Jewish? And Tim was saying, No, you didn't look at him that close. And Dave's like, Go check his penis. <laughs> but like, that would be closer. Hey, we didn't go back, so we're fine. And we ended up. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's Dave. Could be. <laughs> so, but anyway, the multiple system things worked. We got the bad guy at the end, and we saved the guy from getting sacrificed by the Ku Klux Klan. Yay us! But it really wasn't. <laughs> we know it wasn't the Ku Klux Klan. It was cultists. So, oh, our- wait, wait. Our when game, I got to the table, he's like whipping out a bunch of game books. 
And I'm like, cool, where's the gumshoe book? Oh, we're not using that one. Well, we were one player short. So they got rid of the system. And the system that Tim and I were least familiar with was gumshoe. And so the system said, that I wanted to play the most was? Yeah, well. There we go. Yeah. I, I give it a choice. At, at February Con, I'm going to try to prep and run a gumshoe game. Yeah. I, I want to try to run. Gumshoe's awesome. Oh. Yeah, go. So, um, I actually have this question way back from when I approved this game. Um, uh, why would I approve this game? My, my, question, is, my question is simply, well, why? <laughs> yeah, you were absolutely right. I, I just looked at why the description not? of that and I went, what the fuck? <laughs> why, why would you put yourself through that? Because Don't you have to make, I'm like, I'm going to myself, do you have to make every single villain or slash monster in every single system that you run it in in order to be able to comparatively do that? They didn't come up please, with any please stand by, GMs. <laughs> Hold on. GMs are having a little bit of a discussion. So, okay, so here's how we did it. They're about yes, to admit yeah. something. Here, here's how we did it. Here, here's how we did it. We're just badass. Right. But, All right. No, in, in app, yeah, my ass is bad. Their asses are bad. Yes. But no, the uh, the simple truth of the matter is that we didn't prep all the NPCs in all five systems like we said we did. We just kind of looked at each other and decided when things died. Uh, you've, like, been, you've been listening to Fear the Boot, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Five pounds what, of C4 is enough to blow up Jason Voorhees. Until the next movie. <laughs> so... So, so really what we did is um, Dave had his iPad out and whenever they were fighting something other than like a one-shot orc or something, he had a bunch of different columns and he would just write down, oh, that's nine hit points of GURPS damage and uh, he took a wound in Savage Worlds and three hit points of D&D damage and we would just kind of look at that and go, eh, no, he'd still be up and going. Right. And, and when, you know, we, we would just kind of BS a percentage out of it when it seemed like he should die according to all the damage he took in all of the different systems. That's when he died. So, for the players that are here in the room, did it seem like we were being fair with the NPCs? No. Well, that's one yes. Did, yes. did you think so, Jim? All right. There you go. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. We won. We won. Excellent. We're the winners. It's the winner. It's me. Excellent. Thank you very much. Are there any more games? Is that it? There are games tomorrow, I'm sure. Well, yeah, we're not... Yeah, what? Hurry up. Oh, dear God. Not him. We're at two hours. Make it quick, Rob. Not that guy. All right, so this is Rob. Out of, out of all the years that we've been doing this podcast, and we've been doing the live broadcast and things along those lines, and everyone's run over their brilliant game ideas, what I want to know from the larger community is how many people have replicated these ideas and what the result has been. We've never gotten that amount of feedback you know what? from the listeners and stuff like that. Like, so, so as bad as Dave and Tim's idea is, <laughs> I dare somebody to go out and run it, and I want to hear what happened. Can you make it better? Like, how can we improve on them, and, and how can we keep regurgitating this material so that we surprise people at cons all around the country and the world? I would wait, love to wait. I would love to hear the horror story of the German con with no pre-reg <laughs> trying to run a game system with five games 
Right, and they're going to all be trying to get into a game because they're like, hey, I know one of those five game systems, I'll play that. That would be amazing. All right, so uh, before we end, I just wanted to kind of make an announcement, and this is kind of for all the listeners out there. We are trying to um, upgrade our capacity to be able to deliver both sound and video. Uh, on Why a, you make podcasts more better when you more better what podcasts make? <laughs> so uh, we are uh, upgrading equipment and we're going to try to start twitching. This is a call to action, so you need to sh- shut up. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is something we're very excited about. This is like Happy Jack's version 2.0. Right. We're um, looking for... Uh, some uh, capability for Twitch I, 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 I can talk without slurring. Okay, talk. Go. Right. <laughs> um, so what, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to Twitch some of the games that we play live. Uh, we're going to change the way that we record the show a little bit. Um, some of the equipment I've already purchased to, to be able to upgrade what we need to do. There's some other equipment we're going to need to be able to f- kind of finish this phase of what we're doing. So if you go to happyjacks.org and you look at, on the sidebar on the right-hand side, the very first thing is the Amazon wish list. And if you see something and you are so inclined to donate a piece of equipment to that, but thank you very much for doing so. Ah, we just used the thing. No GoFundMe, huh? What? Awesome. So, Stu, just, yes, you are going to be talking about this at the beginning of the next couple of podcasts, episodes. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, good. Absolutely. Rather than, you know, at, rather than at hour 2.25. Hour 2, minute 18. So, just for all of you in the audience, you know that the ticket price tonight was $55 each. <laughs> That's actually more than we need. That's and you can't leave until it's paid. <laughs> we'll be at the One door. way or the other. All right. So th- that's it. I think we're done. Yeah. Excellent. My son texted me and he said, I'm scared in the room. I said, go ahead and turn the TV on. All the TV shows have cussing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good boy. He is a good boy. All right. That's nothing compared to this my, show. My son has joined me here at the convention. Yeah. He, has his, he has his own contact with his own lanyard. And... Uh, on uh, tomorrow, on Sunday, I'm going to be running Hero Kids, and he's got a reserved spot. So I've got five more spots. Yay! Oh yeah, that's right. Kimmy's helping me co GM co running because yeah. No, he's co GM before. I have co GM. Yeah, because I was in that game. Right. <laughs> All right. That's it. Anything else? Nothing else? Nothing else? We're good. Good. We'll Going see you once. in hell. Going twice. Thank you for joining us for season 17, episode 14 of Happy Tricks Arcade Podcast. My name is Stu. George, 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 George. Hi, I'm Kimmy. Hi, I'm Kimmy. And, and this is Weasel Creature. And I am from the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. And you are drunk. This is Kurt. <laughs> I am Kadeh. <laughs> and I'm Proby Tim. And the live studio audience. What this most of <laughs> The following has been a presentation of the AngryFolkStudio.com media empire.